have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. A new world order. Child sex trafficking. The deep state is trying to destroy Donald Trump's presidency. Loose the battle plans of heaven. It's all about control. Broadcasting live to the world now. It's the weekend vigilante, Sheila Zielinski. Today's program was made possible by the generous prayer and support of the faithful friends and partners of this ministry. Visit our new website at Sheila.media. Hi, everyone, and welcome today to this edition of the Sheila Zielinski Show. It is Monday, October 30th, and I am so glad that you tuned into the program today because what an incredibly powerful program this is. And I really recommend that people get their notebooks out. This is going to be a life-changing teaching. And so I want to jump right into things today. I want to introduce my very good friend, my co-author of our amazing book, Power Prayers, Warfare That Works, a book that is changing people's lives. It is Minister Carla Butod. Carla, welcome back to the show. I'm so glad you're back on because it's been a while. It has been a while. I'm glad to be back. I've missed it. Well, I'll tell you, this today is a very powerful and timely teaching, and I'm really looking forward to this because a lot of people, well, how do I know that? I get the emails, the phone calls, people contact me on social media. I'm telling you, this is a common thread throughout all the people that contact me is they are being harassed and tormented by demonic spirits. And so this is a very timely topic. I'm going to just hand you the mic to teach on tormenting spirits. So I'm just going to hand you the mic and you throw it back to me when you are ready. Take it away. Okay. Um, Really about six years ago, I may have mentioned this on the show before that the Lord gave me a word and it was that warfare between the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness is intensifying. And I find that to be true, not only in the world situation, but in our personal lives as well. And none of us will ever reach the point where those tormenting spirits do not come at us, although we can get to a point where we are not suffering the torment from them, but learn to deal with them when they come. Um, I want to talk about a process that the Lord showed me in a way that tormenting spirits operate in us. I want you to think right now about whatever the area is that the enemy is tormenting you with. You know it's torment because it's in your mind all the time, or it distracts you with these things. You become distracted. When you lay down to go to sleep at night, these things are bombarding your mind. Those are all forms of torment. So what happens, I mean, he has studied us well, the enemy has, and he knows our areas of weakness. He knows where our fears are, and those are the areas that he comes at us with. And so he will project a thought to you. I mean, it can be from a good friend, it can be from your husband or wife, it can be from a coworker, your children, it doesn't even matter, but he will come at you with a thought that is, first of all, not true. We have to remember that Satan is a liar and there is no truth in him. One of the areas that he used to always torment, and, it, and he still comes at me to torment me with this, um, if you heard many of my teachings, you know that my husband and I have gone through some really difficult times with all three of our children. So the devil would like to come to me from time to time and just say, 
I've got all three of your children. Now, in the beginning, that form of torment would overtake me. My thoughts were filled with all the ways my children have failed, failed me, failed God, failed society, and just really be a source of mental and emotional torment for me until God showed me how this works. So we are human. We're flesh. Now, we have a spirit man that lives inside of our body, which is greater than the physical man that has contact with this world. That was one of the things that helped me when God showed me that greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. Now, we all know that Jesus Christ is in us, and Jesus Christ in us is greater than the enemy who is in the world. But also, this is the way God showed me, that my spirit woman that lives inside of me is greater than my flesh woman that has contact with this earth. Let me say that again. We have a spirit inside of us that has a body, just like Jesus has a body, and inside our spirit man is greater than this flesh body that we operate in this world in. That was a life changer for me. So I don't look at myself as that weak, uh, powerless, flesh person that I would know myself as if I didn't understand the power of the Spirit of God in me. Okay, so what happens in our mind when we enter into that conflict in our mind, it begins to secrete chemicals that should not be there in our minds. We were created to live in perfect peace. Before the fall, we would have lived in perfect peace. So when that conflict comes, it creates chemicals, it releases chemicals into our body, which has an effect on every organ, our blood vessels, everything, our heart rate, and then that becomes a feeling in our body. And then we're dealing with the feeling. As humans, we are social beings, and so we like to express those feelings to somebody else, our best friend, our husband, a psychiatrist, whatever. So as we begin to express these feelings, something happens, and this is the truth. God is looking for those who will come into agreement with his word and speak his word. Well, guess what? The devil is the same way. He wants us to agree with him. So when this feeling begins to happen because of the conflict, because of the thought or the accusation that Satan is bringing against us, we begin to express this feeling. And the minute we start expressing the feeling, we make a verbal agreement with what Satan wants us to think and feel and believe. That's the danger in it. So what we have to do is what it says in 2 Corinthians 10, 4, and 5. And I'm going to read that to you. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3, 4, and 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. And that's something we need to remember. We get in conflicts with people, and then the people become the problem. Our problem is never with the people. It's with the spirit working in the people. 
So we don't walk in the flesh, so we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So see, any time the devil comes and he gives you this, projects this thought that's causing the conflict, you can know that it is a lie because there's no truth in Satan. When I learned that and learned how to cast these things down, my torment was short-lived. And now sometimes the torment can't even touch me because um, I recognize the lie when I hear it, which is why it's important to know the Word of God. When you read in the Word how God thinks about you, how He has designed you, the power that he's given you, the inheritance that you've received from him, when those lies come, you will recognize them immediately. It's the same thing in Hebrews when it's, you know, the scripture that says, for the word of God is alive, sharper than any two-edged sword. One of the things that it says about the word, it says, and is a discerner. So in order to have good discernment, you have to know the word of God so that you can recognize those lies. So this was the process that started taking place with me. The devil would come, and he would say, I've got all three of your kids. Now, in the natural, it looks that way. But what I had to start doing was remembering the things that God had told me about my children, train them up in the way they should go, and when they're old, they won't depart from it. So then I would say, no, wait a minute. That is a lie. Satan, that is you and you are a liar, and if the opposite of a lie is the truth, then the opposite of what you're telling me is really the truth. And then I would begin to praise God and rejoice in the truth instead of the lie that Satan wanted me to agree with. See, before that, I would, just, I would start thinking about it. Oh, well, you know what? Yeah, he does have all three of them. One's this, one's that, this is this one. And then it would, it would start having the effect on my body with grief, sorrow, guilt. All kinds of things would come up which were a source of torment to me. Now, even sometimes when I could ward them off during the day, when I lay down at night to go to sleep, I would have tormenting dreams. See that the enemy will come and torment you in your sleep. He doesn't want you to have any rest. So if you're having problems in the area of sleep, nightmares, or just having a hard time falling asleep, or perhaps you go to sleep and then the torment comes and then you wake up and you can't go back to sleep, you have insomnia or nightmares, that's torment. So at the end, I'm going to do some deliverance and break these things off of you. And I want you to know that you can break these things off of yourself when you recognize that something is a spirit. Anything that is not from God is a spirit from the kingdom of darkness. So then you can begin to bind those spirits, break their power, and command them to get out of your life. If it's infirmity, I bind you and break your power, and I command you in the name of Jesus Christ, get out. This is, this is the warfare that we're going to have to do. Sometimes it only takes once, and sometimes you have to hammer at it like a big old tree trunk. So we need to enter into the warfare and begin to combat these torments. Okay, so why is it that we 
as Christians have this inheritance, we have power over all the power of the, of the enemy. We know from the scripture that by his stripes we are healed, yet we still have sicknesses and things. Why is that? Because most of us have grown up in the world and we have taken on the traditions of the world or the traditions of men. Mark 7.13 says, making the word of God of none effect through your tradition. So see, when we follow the traditions of men, it makes the word of God seemingly powerless. So we have to go back to doing what the word says instead of the traditions of men. What do I mean by that? So we go to church, those of us who belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, and we may be in the middle of a cold or the flu or something is trying to come against our bodies. And so we go to church and then we go home and Monday morning we call the doctor and make an appointment. That's a tradition of men. If we would go back to doing what the Word of God says, like it says in James 5.14, it says that if any among you are sick, let them call on the elders of the church and be anointed with oil and pray the prayer of faith that they might be healed. So why are we not doing that? Why do we not go to church and go to our pastor or the elders and ask be anointed for oil and prayed the prayer of faith. I tell you, I was um, I was on a jet one time, and there was a man who had been diagnosed with cancer. He sat next to me, and he was sharing his story with me. He was a policeman in Houston. I wish I had re- written down his name and kept in contact with him, but I didn't. Um, he had been raised in church, but when he got grew up, got out of the house, got married, he quit going to church. He got married, had a family. None of them went to church. And then... He got this growth in the roof of his mouth, and um, it didn't bother him or anything, so he was just going to kind of ignore it until it got so big he was having trouble swallowing. When he went to the doctor, the biopsy showed that he had cancer, okay? He goes home, and he starts remembering Jesus, and he finds his Bible and starts looking up scriptures about healing, sickness rather, and he found the one in James 5.14. So he calls this church in town. Now, the church he was raised in didn't do this kind of stuff, but he knew a church that did. So he called them and asked if the elders would be willing to pray for him. His wife thought he had absolutely lost his mind. So they go to the church. He introduces himself to the elders. Now, the wife sat down in the very back pew next to the door. He goes down to the altar. The men anoint him and pray for him. They wanted to see the thing in his mouth. And uh, they prayed, and then they stood back and asked the man, and he said, nothing. So they anointed him, laid hands on him again. They did this several times until one of the older men said, listen, we have done what the Word said. The rest is up to God. Now, the man with the growth didn't want them to stop praying, but he knew they had done what he had asked. So he got up, and he was walking back down the aisle to go join his wife to leave. And when he got halfway down the aisle, that thing disappeared out of his mouth. Now, a lot of people would say, well, what do you think God's going to do for you? You've ignored him all these years, and now you're going to go to him? You know, we want to put God in this box, but God is not in a box. And listen, if, if people have faith to receive, 
Jesus will do it. He healed all of us who came to him. So anyway, that was such an exciting testimony to me because it shows that he did not follow after the traditions of men. He did what the Word of God said, and he was healed. James, it also says in James, to be doers of the Word and not hearers only. If you are a hearer only and not a doer, you deceive your own selves. And I think that there is a lot of this type of deception, even in the church today, because people call themselves a church, but they don't do what the Word of God says. So we need to get away from the traditions of men and go back to the Word of God and know the Word of God and believe the Word of God. You know, one time the disciples couldn't cast out demons, and they asked Jesus why, and he said, because of your unbelief. So we need to work on on our believing. Sheila, did you have um, areas of torment that you wanted to mention? Well, I think the important point in it is that, you know, when you notice that Jesus himself went about, it says healing, setting free and making whole all who were oppressed of the devil in Acts 1038 there. So that tells us clearly, Carla, it's not normal to be tormented and oppressed or harassed by evil spirits, is it? No, no, but see, because we lack the knowledge, we've not been really taught to recognize these things. You know, Jesus said, in this world you shall have tribulation. True, but but we don't have to put up with torment. He has given us, he has equipped us with all that we need to combat these things. I learned some valuable fighting lessons in the Word. In the story of David and Goliath, you know, we know this story well. David went, and Goliath was ridiculing David because he was young. He was, it said, um, ruddy, and he called him a stave or something like that, which means like a green shoot on a bush that you could just pinch off with your fingernail. He was really ridiculing David, and he was threatening David. Now, that this is an important point, because the devil is a bully. He is just a big bully, but we are scared of him. When he comes to threaten us, he is successful in instilling us with fear, which the Word says, fear hath torment. That's the basis of all torment, is fear. So, um... Whenever David was standing there and Goliath was telling him, you little pipsqueak, I'm going to kill you and feed your carcass to the fowl of the air. See, David had a close relationship with God. He knew the power of his God. He had already tried and tested those powers when he fought the bear and won, when he fought the lion and won. He knew who he was in along with his God. So he tells the the giant, you come to me with a sword and a spear. I come to you in the name. I love that. In the name of the Lord God of the host of Israel. I mean, he just told that giant he was not moved by the words of the giant. And that became one of my bullets. I, I call it a bullet, something that I fight the enemy with. In Psalm 112, verse 7, it's talking about the man who trusts in the Lord. And it says in verse 7 that he will not be moved. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. At the time my son was in and out of jail, every time the phone would ring, I, it would grip me. I would just feel everything in me just tense up 
because I was afraid, it was that fear, to go to the telephone because I was always afraid it was going to be the county jail calling me to tell me that my son was in jail again. So I had to find a bullet, and Psalm 112.7 was it for me. Every time I would feel that tension, I would say, I will not fear evil tidings. My heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. And I'm going to tell you, when you have prepared some scriptures to combat when the enemy comes, it changes even the atmosphere in the room. At one point, the IRS had a lien against our house. They had seized our bank account. Now, this was probably almost 20 years ago, but still, I mean, that was a very fearful thing. In fact, I had a David and Goliath dream during that time. This is when God helped me with that torment because I'm telling you, I could, I would wake up in the night not even be able to breathe. And so in that dream, God showed me that what David did was he turned the table. He, he took the attention off of himself and turned the table and used basically the devil's own words, Goliath. Goliath is representative of the devil in this story. He took the words of Goliath and used them on him. He said, no, I'm coming in the name, and that's what we have. In the name of Jesus, that's where our power is. In the name of Jesus, we turn the table on the enemy. And he said, this day I will kill you and remove your head and feed your carcass to the fowl of the air. And then he did it. Don't you love that? <laughs> and he chopped off his head. He did. He, re- he chopped off his head and took it into the city. And you know what? We know that David slew Goliath, but do you know that the army of Israel, they slew all of the Philistines that day. I really wondered, because this brings me to the next story that God taught me with, was um, Ezekiel chapter 37, the Valley of the Dry Bones. You remember that story? Yeah. It's very inspiring. Because what happens is, um, Ezekiel, the Lord brought him to this valley of dry bones. Now, this is a pretty hopeless situation, just a valley of dead. And I wondered if it wasn't that same valley that all the Philistines were killed in. But the carcasses, they weren't laying there intact like a skeleton. Those bones were dried and scattered by the animals. And uh, in Joel 2.28, this goes along with what I'm going to talk about in Ezekiel. It says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. That's the part I want to talk about with this Ezekiel. Your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. See, this is, this is the time that we should begin to prophesy. And this is exactly what God was teaching Ezekiel to do in Ezekiel 37. It says, And the hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. So what God is showing Ezekiel in this valley of dry bones is beyond hope. 
Can any of those men that died there live? No, absolutely not. Their their bones were scattered, dry, okay? And then this is what the Lord says in verse 3. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Now, that would seem pretty stupid to most of us. We're going to speak to these dry bones. But I want you to know, if you're being tormented and you have what seems to be a hopeless situation, this is what you need to do with your hopeless situation that you're being tormented about. You need to open your mouth and begin to prophesy to this source of torment. Okay, so then he, he tells, I'm just going to kind of paraphrase the rest of, the, uh, of this. He tells Ezekiel to speak to these dry bones. And then it says in verse 5, Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, I will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and ye shall live, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. That's what he told Ezekiel to do in verse 7. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood up upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Is that not awesome? So we can prophesy over these areas that are bringing us torment as well. So speak to the dead places in your life and personalize your prophecy and your warfare. That's what God was teaching me in all of this, was how to come against these areas that were causing me torment. And I'm telling you, our life, now my children are not yet walking and serving the Lord, but he's told me they are living out their testimony right now. And he's going to take all of these things that have come into their lives through the temptations of Satan, and they have cooperated with him in many ways. But God is going to take those things. See, God doesn't ever waste anything. He'll take that which the devil meant for bad, turn it around for their good and his glory. When that day comes, he will get the glory for it. Nobody else. He will get the glory. And you know what? It's kind of sad to me that people are are always so worried about someone taking God's glory. Jesus gave it to us. You know, I'm not saying that I want to be glorified, but in every account in the Bible where Jesus performed miracles, it says they glorified God. That's what the miracles were meant to do, was to bring glory to God and to be an expression of God's glory in the earth realm. And I'm, I'm looking for that. Okay, there are other forms of torment that we have to deal with, and that is when Satan comes to tell us who we are not. You know, the, the purpose that God showed me whenever I became a Christian, was born again, and had an encounter with Jesus, 
it was when I was in the depth of depression, which is another form of torment. Depression, the tormenting thoughts that go with depression, oppression, sorrow, sadness, hopelessness, despair. Listen, Satan comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. His ultimate goal is to make you be completely ineffective in the kingdom of God. And he was successful in doing that with me for many years. Even though I was a born-again Christian, I had everything that Jesus had given me, but I didn't know how to use those things. So Satan pretty much was beating me up and keeping me pressed down for a long time. And when you realize that your purpose, our purpose here is, as Jesus said, to take up our cross, and I always wondered what that meant. Whenever I had the encounter with Jesus and received a miraculous healing of depression, it was in him telling me who I was to him, because that was my question. I need to know who I am to you, and what what's my purpose here? You know, because I was married, I had children, I had everything I ever dreamed of, and I was miserable. So something's wrong with this picture. I need to know, you know, life has got to be more than this. And so when he showed me my purpose, when I realized, I don't guess it was him showing me, but I realized what my purpose was when he showed me that he gave his life for me so that I could live. And I was so grateful at that moment because I was delivered of depression. I was full of this life and zeal. My life was never the same again. And I realized that he is not here because he gave his life for me. So, Lord, here I am. I give you myself, which, you know, it's like those scriptures say, present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, and I always add, only because you're in me, for your reasonable service. So I was so grateful that he gave himself for me that I want you to have my life. Come and live in my body. I'm here on the earth. You're not here. You need a body to work through. I want to be that body that you work through. And it was understanding my purpose for being here that actually, I don't know, just those tormenting things were not a factor anymore. And I really believe that's where God wants us all to get, to be free of that torment. But as I said a while ago, once you realize that the pattern, if we could recognize the pattern that he will come to you with whatever, and then you recognize that it's him and you pick up your weapons of that warfare, which is casting down those imaginations, those regrets. But, you know, he's given us ways to do that, too. It could be an area that you haven't dealt with yet. You know, maybe you have something that you are guilty as charged about that that torments you. So what you need to do is to come in to the freedom of that by applying the Word of God to your situation. If you confess your sins, He is faithful and just to forgive your sin and then to cleanse you from all unrighteousness, which wipes away that guilt, that feeling of regret, even tormenting your own self with those things. Because as it says, once you ask for forgiveness, God throws it into the sea of forgetfulness. He, he doesn't even remember it anymore. And I heard someone say one time, 
that when the devil came to them with something that they had done that they were guilty of, but they had asked for forgiveness, and the devil keeps coming back with that, the way they dealt with it was just to say, hey, devil, I gave that to God. You go talk to him about it. You know, that would be another bullet that, that we can use. Well, you know what that actually ties into? The enemy is always trying to get us to believe his lies. And That's that, and it. That, and that comes down to even doubting God's word, that deception. That's it. I mean, that's what he did with Eve. That's what the enemy did with Eve. He said, okay, they were told not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So here is the enemy pointing out this tree. Eve's looking at it. Adam's right there with her. And then he says, did God say, first of all, he's he's." making them second guess what God said. I mean, their response should have said, yes, that's exactly what God said. Don't touch it. Now go in Jesus' name. Get away from me. But instead, what does he do there? He tries to deceive her into thinking that God lied, and she would not surely die if she ate of the tree. That is exactly what I see today. I think the enemy is working hard on that angle. Well, I mean, he helps give them a dose of, oh, God's not really doing that for you. God's not really, well, look at your situation. God's not helping you. God's nowhere to be found. And that's a torment. Right. Well, listen, uh, this is one of the things that I say. If the devil went to Jesus, you know, he was in the wilderness for 40 days, and, and then Satan came to him to tempt him and said, if you really are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. If, if he's going to try to even get Jesus to doubt who he is, if you really are the son of God, well, Jesus knew, thank goodness Jesus yeah. knew who he was, you know, because he didn't let that throw him. We, on the other hand, let it throw us when we are questioned like that. But see, if he's going to do that to Jesus, what an idiot. He's going to do it to us. First of all, Satan knows our areas where we're not convinced, and he will come in those areas. You know what? It just hit me the other day. We're talking about torment and hopelessness and despair and all of these things. I never look at the fact, because I had someone who's having suicidal thoughts, that Satan even tried to get Jesus to kill himself. He came to Jesus with the thought of throwing himself down off of that high pinnacle. Why don't you throw yourself down? How many times have people who have been in despair, why don't you just kill yourself? Why don't you just jump off of that bridge? Why don't you just shoot yourself? Why don't you overdose? You know, he's constantly trying to kill those that belong to God. In the same respect, if we do not cast down, because that is a lie. God wants the very best for us. It says in Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans that I have for you, plans for good and not for evil. So why would we even believe these, you know, God doesn't love you. Well, God is love. If I belong to him and I am a saved, born-again Christian and Jesus Christ is in me, he loves me just like he loves Jesus. Why do we even entertain the thought? That's the problem. That's why casting down those imaginations and everything that exalts itself above God, Satan is constantly trying to exalt himself above God. And we need to sharpen our tools, sharpen our weapons, 
and it says that the Word of God is the sword. So if we know the Word, you can catch the lie and not not entertain the lie, and then the process begins. Then you're in the conflict. Then the chemicals are released, and then the feelings come, and then we start talking about, I just feel like God doesn't love me, Satan said. Right then, you come in agreement with Satan. I just feel like God doesn't love me. I just feel like I'll never make it in this world. Here's one I hear a lot. I can't do this any longer. Mm-hmm. See, those are all someone repeating what the devil is trying to lie to you about. And that's exactly how we should be combating Satan. Uh, Nice try. That's a lie because here is what the Word of God says. Yeah, and if we would do that, he wouldn't stand around very long. I mean, (laughs) that's how Jesus defeated him. It is written, it is written, it is written. He's just a bully. Satan is a bully. He likes to bully people. He likes to scare people. He likes to threaten people. You know what? I did an illustration one time when I was talking about this with children. I used a flashlight and my hand. My hand was going to represent Satan. So I shine the light on the wall. It says Jesus is the light. Okay? Satan comes along and gets between us and the light. And what happens? He, he uses a spirit of magnification. When you put your hand between the flashlight and the wall, your hand looks enormous. And that's how we see Satan. And he's just a big bully. All he can do is threaten us. And it even says in the scripture that when we see him, we're going to say, this is the one who made nations to tremble? That's what we're going to say when we see Satan, this big bully who's breathing his hot breath down our necks to keep us in a state of fear and torment. No, it's time for us to put him on the defense. That, that's what all of this changed my life. For me, being on the defense, trying to protect myself or defend myself from the devil, no, David ran toward Goliath. I have learned to run toward the enemy and put him. I'm on the offense. I'm not on the defense anymore. I'm on the offense now. I'm going to come into your camp before you ever make it to my camp today. <laughs> I use the power. He has given us power, Luke ten nineteen, over all the power of the enemy, that nothing by any means should harm us. Why do we let him torment us? I say, no more. I say no more, right? Yes. Okay, well, Carla, why don't we get into some deliverance prayer now? Okay. Well, Father, we do thank you that you have equipped us. You've given us your name. You've given us your blood that we can have power over all the power of the enemy. So right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, I cover every person that's listening to this prayer. I call on the mighty angels to come and assist and do warfare in the heavens over us as we pray. I bind right now every tormenting spirit that is tormenting your people. I bind and break the power of that spirit of fear that you say in your word, Father, that fear hath 
torment. Well, we understand that. Now, I break that power, that tormenting spirit of fear in Jesus' name. I bind the fear of poverty, the fear of death, the fear of losing everything, the fear of losing your home, your job, your husband, your wife, fear of losing your sanity, fear of Alzheimer's. I release right now, I activate in those who are saved and born again. Your word says we have the mind of Christ. I activate the mind of Christ right now into every person in Jesus' name. I loose those spirits of power and love and a sound mind into each person. I bind those spirits of confusion in the mind, of forgetfulness, those tormenting forgetful spirits. I bind those voices that are speaking in our minds to torment us day and night. I command those voices, shut up and go in the name of Jesus Christ. I break all word-spoken curses that have been spoken over us, that replay in our ears, that lying spirit that stands beside us and just, you're worthless, you're good for nothing, you'll never amount to anything, you're going to fail. All of those lies that that lying spirit is there to remind you of, I break the power of that lying spirit right now, and I command it to shut up and go. Now, remember, you can do these things for yourself. When these tormentors come, you shut up and go. You tormenting spirits, in the name of Jesus, go. I come against self-inflicted word-spoken curses. When the devil has come and told you that lie, that conflicting thought that you begin to think on and the processes go through and become a feeling and you start coming in agreement with Satan and speaking those self-inflicted word-spoken curses, I break those off of your life right now in the name of Jesus. I come against the spirit of the bully, the spirit of the bully and the mean man spirit that operates in Satan to torment us. I come against all spirits that have ridiculed you and disdained you. I come against spirits of inferiority. I bind and break the power of the accuser of the brethren that accuses us day and night. I come against and break the power of the guilt and the shame and the self-condemnation in Jesus' name. I command them to go. Don't come back in the name of Jesus. All spirits of self-hatred, the lies that have caused you to hate yourself, and self-consciousness, hating things about your body. There were things that I hated in myself, and God said, I created those things in you, and I'm going to perfect them for my purposes. So, Father, we thank you that we have a healthy body and that our bodies work the way you designed them to work. Now, I command all tormenting spirits, self-hatred, self-destruction, go in the name of Jesus. Spirit of death, I bind and break the power of the spirit of death, death wishes, suicidal thoughts. In the name of Jesus, you go. All spirits of hopelessness, despair, oppression, depression, sadness, the spirit of grief, you go. In the name of Jesus Christ, all spirits of regret. Those spirits that come and say, you just need to kill yourself. Everybody would be better off without you. I've had those.
myself. I bind those spirits of torment, and I command you to shut up and go. I bind all those spirits that make you think about dying by hanging yourself or shooting yourself or dying with an overdose or hitting somebody head on in your car and just end it all. All those spirits of suicide, you go in the name of Jesus Christ. All fear of man and fear of failure, those tormenting spirits that just cause you to be fearful, fearful of your boss, fearful of your mate, in the name of Jesus, I bind and break the power of those fear spirits in Jesus' name. All fear of failure, those tormenting spirits, and competition, those spirits that would cause you to have to compete with everybody, the tormenting spirits of competition, I command you to go in the name of Jesus. I come against all of those mental, emotional, and physical tormenting spirits. You go in the name of Jesus. Sleep disorders, I bind you and break your power. All those spirits of insomnia and nightmares, infirmities, digestive problems, I bind you and break your power and command you to go in the name of Jesus Christ. I come against all those tormenting spirits of vexation that are causing vexation in your mind, body, and and spirit. You go in the name of Jesus. All harassing spirits, those tormenting spirits that just want to harass you, harass you through your mate, harass you through your children. It's not flesh and blood. Begin to bind those spirits. I bind those spirits of harassment and break their power in Jesus' name and command them to go. All troubling spirits, those tormenting spirits that just want to trouble you day and night with anxiety, with worry, with fretting, you go in the name of Jesus Christ. No more, we say, no more Satan, in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that you would remind people quickly of what they've heard today, these techniques to come against, to cast down these vain imaginations, to recognize the lying spirit when it comes, to recognize these tormenting spirits when they come, and take authority over them and say, no, in the name of Jesus, you spirit of torment, go in the name of Jesus Christ. And Father, right now, I loose upon your people encouragement. I loose upon your people hope. I loose upon your people the spirit of power and might to stand up, to be on the offense now in the name of Jesus. I loose upon them the spirit of violence. I'm not talking about the destructive kind but the spirit that would cause them to be vitally active, energetic, and forceful in putting the devil on the defense in Jesus' name. I loose a fresh anointing of your love today, a fresh anointing of your joy that is their strength, a fresh anointing of your peace, a fresh anointing of strength to endure whatever comes their way. Father, I activate the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, all those tormenting spirits. And when you lay down at night, if you have trouble in your sleep, when you lay down, you have authority over those spirits, and you start taking authority over every spirit that would come to torment you in your sleep. Bind them, break their power, command them to go in the name of Jesus, and stand the angels of God around you shoulder to shoulder, 
let no evil penetrate even your dreams in Jesus' name. And Father, right now, I just bind every spirit of backlash and retaliation. And you need to do this yourselves. If you start doing this warfare, you bind those spirits of backlash and retaliation because the enemy doesn't like it when we begin to use the power and authority that Jesus Christ has equipped us with to have victory over the enemy. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. This was so powerful. This is a very timely teaching, let me tell you, because, again, we've been getting the emails and people are just downright tormented. So I really recommend that people go back and listen to this again and take notes. And you take notes on that prayer and you use that prayer. You take authority over those tormenting spirits. You combat the enemy with the word of God. And I'm telling you, this is life changing because like Carla said, no more of this kind of torment. We don't have to put up with it. We can fight back. And I think this is just a really timely and very important teaching. And I really hope people share this information with other believers. This is really important stuff. And it's sadly not being taught, certainly not being taught in any churches I know. That book of ours is a weapon of mass destruction right there, an arsenal of prayers that have absolutely changed people's life. No Christian should be without this book, and we don't say that lightly. Powerprayers.ca is a website to get that. And, of course, reach out to Carla. Let her know you heard her on the program or if you have any other questions. It is CarlaButod.com. The information is linked there on the description. That's C-A-R-L-A-B-U-T-A-U-D.com. Carla, it is always a pleasure for us to have you teach on powerful topics like this. Thank you so much for your time in coming on the program today. And do come back and see us again soon. Thanks, Sheila. It is an honor to be with you. Thank you for having me on. Folks, that was Carla Butod. CarlaButod.com is her website, and you can reach out to her and let her know you heard her on the program. Looking forward to testimonies, too, because I am sure a lot of people got some relief in that prayer. And you can start doing that as well. And again, I want to really highly recommend everyone get a copy. And I call it what it is. It is a weapon of mass destruction, power prayers, warfare that works. And it does work. And you need to get a copy of it. Go to powerprayers.ca. Get a few copies and bless somebody else with that book. I'm telling you, it is life changing. Hey, make sure that you are following me on social media and especially our page on Facebook, Power Prayers. When you go there, a lot of times we'll post prayers from the book. And guess what? We also post prayers that are relevant for things that are just going on. I've had a lot of people contact us and say, hey, our church group prayer groups and home study groups using those prayers and they're making a big difference. So make sure that you're following me on Power Prayers, the Facebook page, and also my Weekend Vigilante Facebook page, and even Twitter. All of that information is there at Sheila.media. And please do prayerfully consider becoming a monthly partner of this ministry for any amount. You can support me on Patreon. And I really appreciate that. And I want to just thank everyone for your prayers, for your support. It really means a lot to me. And I thank you so much for that. Hey, and I'm looking for some feedback on that new website. Let me know how you like it. I know it loads a lot faster. And people are really enjoying the player. And of course, if you have not downloaded the Weekend Vigilante app for all smart devices, do that. 
It is just a great one-stop shop for everything. And I hope you're enjoying it. Let me know. Get a hold of me. Again, my contact information and the social media icons and everything else is over there at Sheila.media. We'll see you real soon. Good night and God bless.